0: Good evening, Brant. I uh, want to start off the podcast just a little bit differently tonight before we hop into sports. I want to send from both of us uh, all of our thoughts and prayers to the Oxford community, a uh, tragedy that happened at Oxford High School just a couple of days ago. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all of you in, involved in that and, and prayers to the entire Oxford community and those impacted by that uh, senseless, tragic event Um so I going to start off with that uh, before we transition into sports, certainly a, a lighter topic, and um, we've got a in the sports side of the world, Brant, episode 17 here, we have got a lot of exciting things to talk about, my friend. Um, I, I'm glad we did the little bonus episode after the Michigan-Ohio State game. I think we both needed it. I know I needed it. Um, I was emotional. I needed to let that out. I felt much better after uh, after recording that with you. Um, and i'm i'm still riding that uh riding that high man at the same time all eyes are on iowa here this upcoming weekend but let's reflect back first of all so um, michigan pretty much dominated ohio state last week um, and i will use that word dominate um, I, we know the scoreboard uh 42 27 but really uh, inside, outside, uh, that, that game was won by the Michigan Wolverines. They were tougher. They seemed to want it more. They were better coached. They were better prepared, uh, which was really exciting to see. So, Brant, my question to you is, this is the first win against Ohio State in a very long time, as you know. Even, even within this current century, these wins against Ohio State are hard to come by. So, my question for you is, will the next 10 years of this rivalry start to look a little bit different? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Dave, I think that we have now entered the next generation or iteration of this rivalry. Um, I think if you look at Michigan's next couple of classes coming in, um, they're more suited for what Jim Harbaugh wants to do um they're they're not maybe not so much as the five-star four-star type guys as much as they maybe are three-star four-star fit the culture of the program now and I think that's where the rivalry shifts a little bit is Harbaugh going to have guys that want to come in and believe and they want to play with each other like this team does um I think he was a little bit jaded by um having the big recruits he had the Shea Patterson deal he had all of the, the the big name um, players come in for a little bit there. And it just didn't really translate to him because it wasn't really him. I mean, he was running a spread and doing all these kind of things that didn't really suit who he is. Um, if you look at him out in Stanford, it wasn't what he did at the beginning of Michigan, right, for the last five or six years. Um, so I think if you look at the culture of the program right now, it's in a place where – I don't know if they're going to go into Columbus and win next year. I wouldn't say that, but I'm saying it's going to be competitive. And I think that he expects us to be competitive now. Um, they've kind of climbed that mountain. Um, whether they stay atop that mountain, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking for the next however long, 5, 10 years that he's there, if Ryan Day stays, I think you're now looking at a rivalry that will go back and forth um, and maybe trade punches for the next 5 to 10 years.
0: Yeah, I think that – I mean, step one was win one and they finally mm. did that. And you can't talk about the next 10 years of a rivalry till you actually get a win. Um, and I certainly don't want to overreact to the win. I mean, I obviously am excited about it. I, by no means, you know, to your point, I agree with it. I, by no means do I think that Michigan is destined to go into Columbus next year and and, and beat them. But do I feel like they that this team and this coaching staff at least has the the DNA in them to to compete, to be there, to kind of put Ohio State on its heels. To really, because what that game comes down to, just like the as the days kind of go on here, uh, just some thinking back to watching that game. It was, it wasn't even it, yeah, it was about the talent on the field, but it really like those kind of games just come to who wanted more. And over the past ten to fifteen years. Ohio state's wanted it more and it shows up on the field every single year. Doesn't matter if it's in Columbus, doesn't matter if it's in Ann Arbor. Um, They seem to want it more. And for once, Michigan clearly wanted it more And, and credit to the players on that team, to the leaders on that team. I think this Michigan team has lacked that for so long leadership that, that shows out on the field that shows up in the big moments. I think back to our, keys to to winning that game. And one of the points that I said was like, if we're talking about a Michigan win, then you're telling me that your best players played their best game. And that happened. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks against Ohio state. Um, he played fierce. And I think that it could change the tide in this rivalry. I don't, I'm I'm not convinced to say it's going to go 500, you know, five, five games for Michigan, five games for Ohio state over the next 10 years. But do I finally feel like, they could be competitive and, and win some of these games. I absolutely do. Um, And I think they've got a lot of young talent that are on this team. Like your, your JJ McCarthy's your Donovan Edwards, Andrew Anthony, like these kids are, you know, your DJ Turner's like, These kids now, like that's the next step of this program, right? As Aiden leaves and heads to potentially be the number one overall pick in in the draft, and you likely lose your David Ajabo. Like these young guys will remain on this team. They're going to continue to grow, and they will never forget that feeling of thousands of fans storming the field at the big house. Um, And and I think that that's really promising moving forward. So um, I obviously am, am super excited about that win. But right now, that win is in the past. And before we move on and preview Michigan and Iowa, uh, we certainly have to talk Michigan State football, which we did not do much last week because it was all about Michigan and Ohio State. Um, But Michigan State, Brant, at the end of the day, they had a heck of a season. They finished 10-2. and They hosted Penn State last week in East Lansing. Snow was coming down. Uh, was not a was not an easy game. They once again they face adversity. They show up and they win. Um, and and truly, if Michigan wins this weekend against Iowa State, heads to a New Year Six Bowl. Um, and Mel Tucker just won Coach of the Year in the Big Ten, um, as many of you have probably seen or have read about. And so my question for you, Brant, is because there are some articles out, mostly coming from you know MGo Blue or. You know the different Michigan websites, but who would you have voted for? Would you have voted for Mel Tucker? Would you have voted for Jim Harbaugh? Um, give me, give me your take, your take, and why. And I think, by the way, I think it is just between those two guys of who those votes would would go to. But who would you have voted for, and why?
1: Um, Dave, I'll be honest with you. For about a half a day after Jim Harbaugh beat, well, I should say Michigan beat Ohio State, I had Jim Harbaugh as my coach of the year. But then as you as you take a look back and you and you overview the whole season and you think about – I think the main factor is Michigan was projected at seven-and-a-half wins or whatever it was, and Michigan stayed at four-and-a-half. And, and just that alone, I think, just pushes this – it tips the scales in Mel Tucker's favor. And you didn't know what you were going to get out of Kenneth Walker. It's not like these guys – Naylor, uh, Walker, Thorne – um, Reed, these guys were not known commodities. Michigan had some known commodities. You knew who Aiden Hutchinson was, right? And The national media knew who he, he was, at least. Um, state was a bunch of really nobodies at the beginning of the year. And so to do what they did and um, to beat Michigan and to turn the tide of, the, I guess, turn the narrative to be um, state looking at potential Big Ten East champs next year, uh, really is commendable of Coach of the Year, and I think he deserved that award. and Jim Harbaugh, a very close second, and I, I don't think anybody would argue that, Dave. Um, your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, Jim Harbaugh is a very close second, and that's coming from one of the biggest Jim Harbaugh doubters that you're gonna find. Um, a very close second. The fact that he took that two win, just weird, awful season last year that seemed like you know this program was ready to just be set on fire and not like awesome fire like a dumpster fire um, to come back and put together an 11-1 season finally beat ohio state be talking your big 10 east champs headed to a big 10 championship with eyes on potential a national potentially a national championship um and a college football playoff berth it's hard not to pick jim Harbaugh, but the reason why i picked mel tucker is it's almost like the, uh, you know, Michigan State, I know you said before what you can't say about Michigan State is like the woe is me, we don't get the credibility that Michigan gets. But I think that there's some truth to that, and I think that it's a lot harder to be the coach of Michigan State just in terms of recruiting, of pulling those guys in that you want, and and winning these big-time games. And um, obviously their signature win this year was against Michigan. We know that. um. But what Mel Tucker did in his second year cannot go overlooked. I mean, he went across the country and pulled these guys like Kenneth Walker out of various programs and put and made them winners within a year. Like that, that is super impressive. And not that Jim was not as impressive, but this is, you know, his seventh year. Like this has been his program. Uh, Mel Tucker certain like Mark D'Antonio didn't do Mel Tucker any favors with what he left him and in the time of year that he left him Um, very I know Mark is like loved in East Lansing and rightfully so from what he did for that football program but he did not do Mel Tucker any favors and and I certainly haven't forgotten that Uh and and the fact that he got them right now to where they're at is is truly incredible. And he, and he, in my opinion, deserves the, the 10 year, $95 million contract. He deserves coach of the year. Jim's a close second, but you know, I'll give it to Mel this year. He deserves it. Brant, my next question for you. So we're talking about bowl games. Let's just, um, you know, one of the bowl prediction games that I saw was potentially like Michigan state against Notre Dame, which I think would be an awesome matchup. Give me
1: all Um, of that. Yeah. Give me, give
0: me all of that. Um, You know, that, Just lost Brian Kelly, as you know, as their head coach. So I I just think that would be just be a great, great matchup. Um, But here's a question for you. As Kenneth Walker has been the shining star in the Michigan State football program uh, this year and has had talks of being a Heisman Trophy winner. We know in years past and specifically in the last five years or so, um, it's been a trend for highly touted college football players that are destined for the NFL draft to sit these bowl games out if they're not competing for a national championship, uh, because the games in, in some eyes are are meaningless. So, Brand, if you're Kenneth Walker, do you play in this upcoming bowl game knowing that you're not going to be competing for a national championship?
1: Unfortunately, if I'm him, I sit out. I mean, I know that would suck for state fans, and that's something that they would very much be looking forward to. But I think The rational fan would say, hey, man, I get it. Um, You got us to this point. Much appreciated. Go ahead and sit this one out. Take care of yourself. Look out for yourself. Look out for you and your family. Um, I think everyone else, I I don't think there's any way that uh, Jaden Reed misses this game. Like, he's going to play. I think he's still going to go to the NFL, but I think he's going to play. And his stock could certainly use it. Um, Jalen Naylor's stock could use it. Obviously, Peyton Thorne going to come back next year, so um, he's going to be playing. But if you're Kenneth Walker, you know, God forbid you tear an ACL. I mean, these are just nightmare scenarios, and you don't even like to talk about it because it kind of makes you sick to your stomach for a kid. But um, it's a very real thing. I mean, Dave, you and I know, like, Jake Butt, yeah. he played in that game. He played in, like, kind of a meaningless bowl game, tears his ACL, dr- his draft stock drops, and he just – he's out of the league in a couple years. I mean, that was a big deal. Um, and I'm just, I, I just think that he probably shouldn't play in the bowl game. If he does, however, I definitely will be watching. I mean, I'm probably going to watch either way, but, um, if they get Notre Dame, definitely I'll be tuned in, but it'd be really cool to see Kenneth Walker out there. I would not be playing if I was him though.
0: I think it depends on the matchup that they get in the bowl that they, that they end up in. Um, I'll just play out the scenario of, uh, Michigan state against Notre Dame, I actually. So first of all, the decision's up to Kenneth Walker and his family and those close to him of whether he should play in this game or not. Um, and nobody he, should poo-poo it.
1: Like, right, you don't. Exactly. You don't get to do that.
0: He he owes he, nothing. He owes nothing to the Michigan State football program. I'm um, sure you can argue he owes this to his teammates. I think as fans, as you know, football watchers, we all think that these kids should play, but. You know, you're talking about millions of dollars that are on the, the, the plate, and Jake Butt is a perfect example. All of that to say, I do think Kenneth Walker should play. Um, I, I think that if you look at his draft stock right now, you know, he's being talked about as, a, from what I've seen recently, a second-round draft pick uh, for a running back, which, by the way, is not uncommon in today's NFL uh, landscape. Running backs are certainly not valued like they, like they used to be. Um, But I, I, I think that Kenneth Walker, if he plays in a big time game like that and he shows out with another 150 yard performance, two TDs leads his team to a, to a big win um, on a big stage. uh, I I do think that he could be a running back that creeps into being like the, the first running back potentially off the board um, or end of the first round to a contending team that, that needs um, some firepower in the backfield. So, I think that he could certainly help his his draft stock. Just my opinion. Um, I you know whatever he chooses to do, hats off to that kid. He's had a heck of a year, um, and I wish him the uh, the best of luck. So Brant, let's shift gears now. You know I'm excited. We got a big weekend, another big weekend. These weekends have been a lot of fun lately. Just as we wrap up Ohio State, we are now heading to Indy. Finally, um, I set on Iowa. We will meet them in Indianapolis. I believe your brother, Brandon, is going to, to the game, right?
1: Yeah, he's going to be at what he calls RV Nation. I don't know what that is, but he said hit him up. B Ray at RV Nation. He's going to be posted up in the Lucas Oil Stadium parking lot, getting rowdy. He's got great tickets. He's He's got like some sort of suite that's down the side of the field um yeah i guess if you've got the money man go do it
0: all right if brando's going you should all go so
1: that is going to tailgate
0: at least go to the tailgate so man it is going to be i love i love that we get the i know obviously georgia bama is like the really big game right that is that they have huge implications i mean both these games do but i think that that's the game that everybody's really tuned in for but man as a Michigan fan, big Ten fan, I love having this night slot um, eight o'clock or whatever it is 815 kickoff It's just gonna be awesome and you know Michigan right now is is favored. I know we'll talk spreads here towards the end, but I think they're favored by like 10 and a half or nine and a half I forget exactly what it is, but um, regardless, uh, Vegas thinks that Michigan is gonna roll in this game if they're predicting them as a as a double digit victor, and so what are the keys to the game for Michigan? Um, and specifically, so you know that you're the favorite going into this game, but Iowa is just a sticky team to beat. They are every single year. Kirk Ferentz just, you hate playing these guys. Um, and so my, my concern is, and so I wanted to hear your thoughts you You just be had the game of your life. You're riding this emotional roller coaster. um, and now you gotta get up just like you got up last weekend. Um, you gotta expect this o line to do exactly what they did last week and then some against a tough Iowa defense. Um, keys keys of the game for Michigan to certainly not overlook it. Um, but also, does Iowa have a chance to win this thing, Brand?
1: They absolutely do. And if you're a Michigan fan, this is kind of a nightmare opponent. And let me just tell you a couple of things that I see that stick out to me right away is one, Iowa is not going to try to do what Ohio state did, which was throw it 50 times. That's not the game plan for them. So they are going to run the ball at you. And over the last six games or so, since they, they kind of got it handed to them by Wisconsin and they got it handed to them by um, Purdue, I think so. Uh, a couple losses there, but we know that Purdue's an, a, a good team, and we know that Wisconsin was a pretty good team. So, um, what they were doing though, these last six games, was they started to run the ball and they started to run the ball effectively, and they're running it between the tackles. They're not doing this outside zone stuff, they're not doing anything like that they're kind of smash-mouthing you right up the gut. And that's kind of scary for a Michigan fan because where's where's our uh, advantage, Dave? Right, on the end. edge. Yeah. yeah, on the edges. And we want someone to sit back there like C.J. Stroud did, right? We want we want someone kind of throwing it 50 times a day because we want someone to put pressure on them. So it's, it's going to be up to the defensive tackles and the linebackers to make plays here. So playing sound football is going to be key. Um, the other thing that they do, um, defensively, that's what they do offensively. What they do defensively actually is they run a, a lot of zone and they run a lot mm-hmm. of too high safety. And if Cade can pick his spots, then he can be effective. Although if we get pass happy, it worries me. Cause what, what else does Iowa do really good? They turn you over. Mm-hmm. They want you to throw a bunch. They want to get their hands in the passing lanes. They want to tip balls at the line. That's how they eat. Um, so Michigan, the roadmap has been very clear all year, Dave, we have ran the ball effectively between the tackles. I know Iowa's got some big studs up front, but they're not that good. They're, they're pretty average actually. So that's where we can make some hay is ride Hassan, ride this offensive line. Don't do anything that you haven't done with, you know, the slant routes, the, the dig routes, the stick routes. Those have all worked just fine. Um, We got in trouble against Ohio State because Cade got a little bit. I heard something about that. They got the wrong play call in there or something. I don't know. Either way, Cade threw that ball into triple coverage is what that was. He got a little bit excited, uh, you know, 7-0 lead, and he turned it over there. That's the type of stuff that you can't do against Iowa because they'll take the ball and they'll run the ball and they'll run the clock on you. And you definitely do not want to get down to these guys because they can grind you to a halt. So uh, early lead's going to be important. Uh, Not turning the ball over and do what got you here. Run the football. Trust what got you here.
0: Yeah, I think that um, Iowa certainly could win. Um, this This would not be some wild upset if, if Iowa wins this game, I know what the point spread is. We have enough history of watching Iowa and Michigan to, to be, to just know how these games go. And what Iowa wants to do is they want to put out the most boring offense in the world and stay on the field as long as they possibly can and just milk the clock and have a low scoring game. And Iowa is not a team that you want to be tied with going into the fourth quarter or, or down three with eight minutes to go in the fourth, um, that game becomes very, very tough for Michigan to win. I think Michigan, like you said, needs to strike early. They they, they need to really start like they did against Ohio State. Um, they they got to put points on the board early. Um, they don't have to get into that. I mean, I'm not asking them to, Put thirty-five or forty-two points on Iowa, but well, they twenty-four get,
1: probably does it, Dave. Twenty-four,
0: honestly. you got it. You you can win this game twenty-four to ten, um, and and I would be totally okay with that. But I think that they've got to get out to a to a good start, um, and the defense has got to be able to get off the field um, because what Iowa will do, Brand, to your point of running between the tackles, is there's there's nothing spectacular about that offense. They're gonna get they're gonna run it. It's going to be second and seven. They may do a little dump pass, little whatever to get it to third and two. And then the question become or third and three. And then it's like, okay, can you get a stop right there? Or are they pounding it up the gut landing right on the line? Oh, another first down. Like that's what they want to do is just stay on the field. So the defense has got to be, able to get off the field and on the flip side of that the offense has to be able to sustain some drives and put points on the board um michigan is the better team they're favored for a reason i think that our offensive weapons alone i think are going to win us this game i i I have so much faith in our in our defense to like i was offense does not scare me at all besides the fact that they want to milk the clock Um, our defense i think will be just fine uh and i think that we have no evidence right now to show us that our defense, especially Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Dax Hill, like that they're not going to show up. Like they, they've shown up every every game of the year. They've shown me no no reason to believe otherwise. The offense, I think that they've got to use the tools that they have. I mean, you've got – a trio of running bad Blake Corum is getting healthier. Um, Hassan Haskins has just continued to put this entire team on his back. He's the identity of Michigan football on the offensive side. Donovan Edwards is a kid with untapped potential that we saw really one, one time um, just have a, his breakout moment, right? Catch 10 or 11 passes. Like they comp- they compared him when he was in high school to Alvin Kamara. Like he, he's that type of running back had a sweet one-handed snag last week against Ohio State. Like you got kids like him who really they haven't fully unloaded yet. A kid like Andrell Anthony. Anytime they put him in the ball game, kids making plays. Um, Cornelius Johnson, uh, Roman Wilson, Eric All. Like they Cade is good enough to make plays to these receivers. He has been good enough all year. He's proved me wrong in the sense that I didn't think that we could win these big games because he's not elite enough. Um, but but he certainly is. It only almost gives me not comparing him to Brian Greasy or like John Navarre, but he gives me like their type of vibe in a way. Um, and and he's just confident and he's poised. And he could have folded last week after that interception that you just described. And he hasn't. And I think that Michigan's got to play with the same swag, the same confidence that they have lately. Um, and they've got to ride this high from Ohio state um, and just keep putting the foot on the gas eyes on the big 10 championship eyes on a national championship and make it to the college football playoff, which leads me Brant, to the next, segment of different college football playoff scenarios. Let's talk a little bit about these games this weekend. So obviously we just spent time talking about Michigan and Iowa, big 10 championship. Um, We'll start with Cincinnati. They've been a topic of conversation all year undefeated. They have not lost yet. They have not been given their quote unquote respect uh, in terms of the college football playoff committee but they, they play Houston this, this weekend. Houston's a one loss team. Um, do you see any, any movement there? Like, is there a chance that, that Houston wins this game? Or you think Cincinnati is going to simply roll in this?
1: Dave, I have seen Cincinnati play about three times. I have not seen Houston play, so I shouldn't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that. I'm going to take Cincinnati just, they, they probably have enough in the tank to get over here. Um, and if they don't, Um, it'll kind of be a shame, honestly, because this team seems like they deserve to get there after getting disrespected, uh, this entire way, but, um, no chance that they lose. They, they just are done if they lose, um, on that note, Dave, I do have a quick question for you. Um, is Luke fickle their coach next year?
0: Well, he seems to keep saying yes. Um, I, 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 think that if they, Hmm. You know, I'm not going to go into the, the. There's two different scenarios that I see playing out. I think he's. I think he'll be there next year. I do.
1: Okay.
0: Yep. Okay. What do you think?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he is. I actually think he takes the Notre Dame job.
0: No, Notre think, Dame or Oklahoma. Yeah I, so.
1: yeah, I think so. I think he takes the Notre Dame job. Okay. But yeah, no, no, we don't Notre, have to spend a lot of time on. That. I just was curious.
0: Notre Dame already named their their next head coach. I thought.
1: No, I think they gave Marcus Freeman uh, the yeah. interim.
0: He's oh, he's just the interim. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. Because uh, I know that's who him. everybody wanted. So I yeah, I no, they
1: really him. they really like him. I mean, he's like a superstar. Yeah, uh, young guy, um, but he's yeah. thirty three. But they said they were going to hold out and see. Um, got it. If they got can it. Get their hands on Fickle.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see. Um, Baylor Oklahoma State. That that's a big game. Um yeah. o- Oklahoma State right now has you know. They win this game, they're they're potentially in. Um, and so I say potentially because I don't I'm not exactly sure. There's a million different scenarios that could play out. Um, o- Oklahoma State needs to win this game. Baylor is is no joke. They did play one time earlier this year. Uh Oklahoma State won by like 10, I believe. Uh, or so it was like that was like beginning of October-ish. I remember that. Uh, maybe they won by two touchdowns, but they won. Um, but Baylor recently beat Oklahoma. They're no they're no slouch. What do you see happening in that one?
1: I actually like Baylor in this game, and I have seen both of these teams play. Me too. I actually, you do? Okay. Yes, I'm yeah, the same uh, with you. Yep. Yeah, I, I really like Baylor in this spot. Um they they run a good offense and Oklahoma State, they got kind of lucky last week and they, they were at home. Yes, they did. Uh, you yes, know, they sir. were playing with fire, they were down 10 late. And I, I just think their quarterback makes a lot of plays, but he also he, he's got that uh, turnover knack and he and he just kind of is sporadic. Yep. So I think Baylor is actually more of a complete team. Uh, I don't know where that leaves us CFP wise. I don't know what Notre Dame is at that point. Dude, don't look now, but Ohio State's sitting at seven like. I know you, you, I know people can't see this, but Dave just gave me the most sickening look I've ever seen in my life. But I I really, truly don't think if Cincinnati wins, then Ohio State can jump them as a two loss team. I I really don't think that would happen. But if Cincinnati were to lose and Oklahoma State were to lose, I'm just saying that door is open if Alabama loses as well. Gosh,
0: I just don't see them putting in a two-loss team. They just had, they haven't yet, right? right? They've never. They
1: might have to this year, though. I mean, things could change this year. This year's weird. Yeah. Very strange.
0: I don't know. I I, I can't see that, but I, I hear what you're saying. So
1: you're taking Oklahoma State. You didn't tell me on Cincinnati though. Either. Oh
0: no, I th- I think Cincinnati wins that game, okay. um, and I think that they're actually going to win it by a lot not like by 17 or more. I just think that they're like angry and they've got this whole chip on their shoulder. So they want to, they want to prove that they belong. So you're on the verge
1: of the CFB. You better bring it against Houston. Yes.
0: You better bring it. And I think that they will, um, Georgia, Alabama. I mean, this is going to just be an awesome, an awesome game. And Georgia obviously undefeated Alabama, one loss, uh, what do you see happening in this one? This is the four o'clock time slot on Saturday.
1: You think this is going to be an awesome game? I'm on the other side. I don't think
0: this you is. You think Georgia's is going to roll, don't you?
1: I really do. I, know. Uh, I think I think Georgia beats them by three touchdowns. Um, wow! And, I, and I'm saying that because after I watched that whole entire Auburn game, and um, God,
0: Bama should have lost. They should have lost,
1: Dave. If Auburn had a quarterback with two legs, I mean, that poor kid, if you watch the end of that game, that guy's just limping out there. Yeah. I mean, they were obviously on their second quarterback already. Um, if, if they had a, any semblance of quarterback, Alabama would have lost that game. Their defense is not what it's used to be. Their offensive line is not good. Um, Young was under pressure all day. He made a couple throws late, but besides that, he didn't impress me much. Um, as, as far as Heisman candidate goes, boy, it's really watered down this year if we give it to him. Not great. Um, overall, I think that Alabama's offense will sputter against this Georgia defense. And I think this is something along the lines of 31 to f- seven.
0: Wow. 31 I don't, to 3. I don't think it's that. Um, I, I think that. What I saw from Alabama, I agree with your analysis of their team, by the way. And I think that Georgia's defense is literally an NFL defense that is going to come out to kill Bryce Young. Um, and, but what I haven't seen is their secondary really get tested this year. Um, and Bryce Young, we know we can he can air it out. Will he have time to? We'll see. I just, I think that, First of all, this game's always huge. It seems to always be Georgia and Bama, They, but they're going to get up for this game. I don't see it being a blowout. I think Georgia is clearly the better team. Um, I think that, I said it earlier this year, just a one-loss Bama team for whatever reason just... I I'd rather play Alabama when they're undefeated than when they have one loss. And I also think that in a way they may have been looking past that game against Auburn last week, and they did not look good. I'm totally with you, but I think that they'll get up for this one. Um, I I do think that, uh, that, that Georgia likely wins, but I think that it's going to be closer than some people are thinking, which leads us Brant into the, the the betting segment here. Those are like those are the big games this weekend. Um, bring us home here with bets, college football, NFL, and then we'll get on out of here for episode seventeen and pack up for Indianapolis, ready for Saturday night.
1: All right, let's start with uh, the one we've kind of broke down already. Um, Michigan, uh, the home well, not the home favorite. I I think it's going to be a lot of Michigan fans there. Um, 10 and a half point favorites in Indianapolis, eight o'clock start time. What do you think, Dave? Who are you taking?
0: I will take Michigan and I think that they do cover 10 and a half. I I think, I think they win by a couple of touchdowns in a low scoring game.
1: Okay. I like that. Obviously, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm actually going to take Iowa in the points. I don't think that Michigan is, is going to be as juiced as they were for, for Ohio State. I actually think they're losing somewhat in the first half. I think it could be tied at halftime type of game. I think Michigan ends up like in a 24, 26, 20 type of game. I, I just think it's that close, uh, and I know that that makes you sick to your stomach because nobody wants to see Iowa hanging around the fourth quarter, but then again, maybe they score late and Michigan doesn't give them the ball back. That would be really nice too, but Iowa just has a knack of not losing by more than 10 for some reason. They don't get blown out for sure, so if Michigan blows them out, that would be very surprising to more than just Dave and I.
0: Have you brand sorry, I'm not I don't mean to put you on the spot, but have you looked at the over and the over under for this game?
1: I would get. I haven't seen it, but I would guess 43.
0: You're spot on. It's 43 and a half. Mm. So I I, I, I swear I, I didn't see that. Yeah. I, I think that um it's very interesting. I think that if you if this game is like under 35 or under like
1: how can on, you even say that?
0: Dude, I am telling you that it's possible against Iowa. If you get into a super low scoring game like I know you just had like 26-20 or what like I don't see it being like that with it being close with Iowa. I see it being like a like a 13 to 7 or 13 to 10 type of game, 16 to I don't know, but um that's when I start getting concerned. I like that that number is actually at 43 and a half. That's not a high number, but I think if you get the over on that Michigan rolls here.
1: Yeah, don't quote me, but I think when Michigan State played them back in 15 or something, it was like 17-13 or something like that. Like yeah. Points were definitely at a premium. Yep. Um, and, and Michigan had the same kind of over-under with Wisconsin earlier in the year, and they blew it open late, but that thing was in trouble, and that thing was like 43-2. So yep, It just teams like that, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, they just do that to you. Um, okay, so – Uh, Baylor at Oklahoma State we already kind of went over this one too Um, Oklahoma State favored by five and a half
0: yeah I think we both answered this one already we're both take Baylor on the money line
1: both got Baylor on the money line and uh, Georgia Alabama uh, Bama getting six okay so Bama being favored by six and a half I saw a stat out there that this is the first time that they've been underdogs since like 95 games or something isn't, isn't that crazy? Yep. 95 games is a favorite.
0: Yeah, it is. It so is.
1: Do they cover that Dave?
0: Georgia covers it and okay. it's close. I think it's, I think they cover it by a touchdown.
1: Okay. You mean they only win by seven, not they correct. Okay.
0: Correct. Correct. Yes.
1: All right. That's enough college football. Let's move on to the Sunday, uh, the Sunday players here, Dave. Um, Got to love those lions back in the back, <laughs> back in the back segment. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think they are. Yeah, they are getting seven. So can they keep it within a touchdown of the Vikings at home?
0: Wow. I mean, s- seven points against the Vikings without Dalvin Cook. You're at home in the city of Detroit. Guy, you know what? Yeah, give me the Vikings. Cover yeah, seven. Okay. Justin, Justin Jefferson, 145 yards, two touchdowns. We'll see you in the next game, Lions. What do you got?
1: I'm so done with the Lions. I'm not taking them anymore. Uh, I would put a lot of money on the Vikings to cover the seven. All right. This might be the game of the weekend. This is the Monday nighter. Uh, Patriots at Bill's. Patriots are on a roll. My brother-in-law is texting me all the time about how great Bill Belichick is. Um, last I checked, uh, Tom Brady's one zero with Super Bowls, while Bill hasn't made it back there. But that's just a side stat. Um, who do you like in this one, Dave?
0: Man, i I think that the the Bills have just been tested a lot lately. I am gonna I'm gonna take them to cover those uh, points. And I really am hesitant to do so because the Patriots have just been playing great. Mac Jones looking like the offensive rookie of the year looks like the best quarterback in that draft class. Looks like Bill Belichick has found his mojo again, found his guy Patriots are just silently becoming like the best team in the AFC. Um, I, I think that with this game being in Buffalo I think that Josh Allen gets these guys right on track. And um I, I think that I don't think it's good. I don't think that offense is gonna put up a ton of points necessarily. Um, but I, I think that they 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 win that one they cover.
1: Dave, name me one Patriots receiver.
0: Kendrick Bourne.
1: <laughs> nice! That's Myers. Like that.
0: <laughs> How many more right, do you look, want?
1: Okay, that might be some fantasy polls right there, but I don't know. They just, they go nameless all the time. I'm taking the Patriots here. I don't know what it is. They just, they seem to have some mojo about them. Bills has got them playing well. That defense is playing great per usual. Um, and the other thing is Dave, I feel like the bills are a little bit broken. I don't they know are. what's wrong with them.
0: They're like the they chiefs or like how the chiefs were.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you look at this, like last year they could run the ball. And when the chiefs were really good, they could run the ball. And these teams just get so pass happy that they forget to run the ball and the Patriots are running the ball. Well, they're throwing the ball. Well, they're doing all the right things. I will take the Patriots to be the Kings of the AFC East. Again, it pains me to say it, but they are a really good football team right now.
0: Wow. Well, there you have it. Um, Brant, man, let's, uh, let's hope that we are talking in an episode 18 about Michigan heading to the college football playoff with a maybe a game against Cincinnati and a chance to play for a for a national championship and a, maybe like a Michigan Georgia final and that that is that is what i am hoping for i hope michigan does what they did this past weekend that we just like we were just talking about before this episode started and then we will wrap this up We've get, Michigan fans soak this season up. Um, I was not soaking it up enough. I think till these last couple of weeks, where I really felt like after that loss to Michigan State, um, although it hurt and it hurt bad, this team just the way they responded and bounced off the ropes. They they have made a believer out of me. And my biggest hesitancy this whole time has been with coaching and how do you coach in the big games. Well, I've been, I've had to close my mouth and, and that is a tribute to this team. And I think this, we will look back on this 2021 Michigan team, regardless of the outcome this Saturday and think that that was a special group of kids, a special team, a special energy that was, that was there in Ann Arbor this year. So enjoy this one, Michigan fans. I'm speaking to myself right now. If Saturday night does not go the way I want it to um, let's not forget just how awesome this season has been.
1: Are you going to say thank you, Jim Harbaugh? Are you going to roll that out?
0: And on that note, folks, (laughs) we have got to wrap up episode 17. Go blue. We will see you guys all next week. And by the way, man, thank you, everybody, for all the, the follows, the subscribers out there. Um, the podcast blew up last week, Brant last week, in one week, we had over like 350 downloads, which is easily our, our most has been outstanding. So appreciate it. Garage takes a couple of average guys talking sports in our cold garages here in the beautiful state of Michigan. Um, we appreciate you all and we will see you guys next time.